Friday on Locked On Anaheim Ducks. A preview of this weekend's games against the Avalanche, and the mailbag is open. All of this on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank goodness it's Friday. Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade now. Just a reminder, you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. And also, make sure to rate, comment, subscribe if you have not already. And follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks, or follow my personal Twitter at StimpyJD. So I've been asking, I did get a couple questions. Actually, I got three questions that will be on the final segment of today's podcast. I just want to bring this up. Since I got only a couple questions, this will only take up one segment. And the other two segments are going to be a preview of this weekend's games between the Anaheim Ducks and the Colorado Avalanche. So these games are pretty important for the Avalanche because they are currently 2-2. Two and two. They only have four points. They're looking to sweep this series against the Anaheim Ducks. And also the Ducks... They're 1-2-1. One, one. They only have three points. They're trying to build off of their success of having a split against Minnesota. So they're trying to at least get a couple points against Colorado because this is one of the elite teams in the National Hockey League despite their current record. And for this preview, I will be joined by Chris Miscelli momentarily. Uh, also, also, since there is only one show uh, today... We will not have a show until next Monday. And as a preview, next week, we will for sure have the return of Hockey Jeopardy. We will have one more preliminary match of Hockey Jeopardy. And then we will have the Tournament of Champions. So please be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, well, here he is. I'm joined by Chris Maselli and he'll be on here in about a minute. So before he gets on, uh, just one more quick thing. The goals did play a game against the San Jose Barracuda. It did not go well. Um, in fact, San Jose pretty much trounced the goals. So the less we talk about that, the better. And this is coming off of a big preseason win. But again, this is only preseason hockey, folks, in San Diego. Their season does not start for another couple weeks. So without further ado, joining me right now on the podcast is Chris Maselli from Locked on Avalanche. Chris, how you doing? Uh, everything so far so good. No no complaints uh, at this point in the season, although it's early. So you've got to be really excited. Uh, you put out a tweet <laughs> yeah. that it took me a minute to get. And I think someone yeah. is very excited about Bo Byram. Yeah, well, we're recording this uh, about a half hour before he's set to take the ice for the first time against the Kings. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been it, it, it's one of those guys where you're, you know, it, for Avalanche fans, it's kind of like round two. Like round one was when Cal McCarr uh, finished his hockey career and came to the Avalanche in the playoffs and his first shift scored a goal. It was like <clears throat> it'll go down as one of the the greatest moments in avalanche history and now it's kind of happening again with Bo Byram just the uh, excitement surrounding this kid has been there uh, since he was drafted and you know there now it's I, I 
I don't know if it would have normally happened this way if the season were not the way that it's constructed. <laughs> I, I it maybe would have. Who the heck knows? But it doesn't matter. I mean, he he's here now. I'll he's, I'll agree with you on yeah. that wholeheartedly for this reason, because the hype around Bull Byron really escalated more after the World Junior Championships. Right. Because we saw how well he did. The same thing's happening here in Anaheim with the hype train being around Trevor Zegris, of course, who now yes. has a Chipotle bowl named after him, by the way. Really? So, yes. <laughs> the Trevor Zegris MVP bowl. And that's nationwide? Um, As far as I know, it is SoCal, but it's an online-only okay. deal. So I don't know if you can get it in Denver or not. Oh, really? Okay. All right. All right. That's... I mean, you've arrived when you have Chipotle name uh, a menu item after you. I mean, what exactly. else do you? Why even take the ice? I mean, your, yeah. your career is your, it's solid. Yeah, you're set. Uh, but yeah, it's it's exciting, exciting to see what he's going to do. I don't know how much he'll play. I think they're they're going with seven defensemen against the Kings, uh, and he's on that third pairing, which will have three guys rotating. So. I don't think he's going to, you know, give you the kind of performance that that McCarr did in his first game, but just I think they just want to get him out there, get him, you know, uh used to NHL speed and as the season goes on, he'll he'll get more and more time for sure. Do you think he'll stay up with the team for the whole season or do you think there's a possibility that he could go down with the Colorado Eagles? No, I think he's he's staying with them. So he's um, arrived yeah, I mean, they made the move to deal Ian Cole. That was purely because, you know, uh, he was arriving that Connor Timmons, who has been with the team, uh, they're giving him more, him more time. So uh, that move kind of like solidified um, really Timmons and Byram being there for, for the duration of the season. I don't see them bringing him down at all. All right. Uh, so the reason that you're on is we are previewing this weekend's games between the Colorado Avs and the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, or they're currently known as Anaheim Ducks. Uh, mm-hmm. Look, let's let's call a spade a spade. The Ducks are retooling <laughs> right now, according to GM Bob Murray. Okay. Uh, they are off to a 1-2-1 start. They have three points in four games, and the scoring has been lacking, to say the least. They've scored six goals <clears throat> in four games. Colorado scored more than that in one game. They did, yeah. <laughs> so okay. what, what can you tell Ducks fans about the offensive juggernaut known as the Avalanche? Well, I mean, it, it's always there. The The capability of them to to do that, to hang eight, is always a real possibility. They uh, That was really their only offensive outburst so far. We're only three games in, but... Uh, they they only scored one in the opener, which I think by the end of the year they're going to want to forget that opener mm-hmm. um, and hope that was their worst game of the season. And then, yeah, then they hung eight on St. Louis and then three against um, L.A. But the, the scary part is they were n- middle of the pack with their power play last year, and it, it had to get better. And again, you know, we're one week in. Uh, but they're at like a 48% clip right now on their power play. Um, and in one, the sec, that second game, they were five out of seven. Uh, and for 
a little while they were six out of seven but after the game was over they you know uh one of the goals was scored like pretty much as time was expiring so they took that one away so you know damn it now we're so, five out of seven it's six out of so seven. the power play is that good i expect the ducks to do poorly because um as i've alluded to on my podcast the special teams for the ducks has been severely lacking because as their a, power play is oh for the century right now oh boy <laughs> they, they haven't scored on the power play oh worse or, they've allowed shorties on the power play Okay. In fact, and this right. is a true statistic, they are getting outshot on the power play. They've allowed more shorthanded shots than taken power play shots this season so That's far. That's not good. <laughs> Four games. Oh, oh boy. Um, well, I mean, it, you, you chalk all this stuff up and you talk about it, and then, you know something will happen where the complete opposite happens tonight where, you know, the, or tomorrow, well, no, tonight, this is coming out Friday, <laughs> um, where the, the ducks, you know, get a shorthanded and, you know, Colorado goes oh for five or whatever on a power play. So, uh, that's the beauty of hockey is things can turn around pretty quickly and not against this team. <laughs> for, I was going to say for your case, I hope so, but not for mine, but, uh, is, do you think it's just, uh, you know, this, the team, and I know that they're going to struggle this year. You know what I mean? And, and and you know that. I think the fan base knows that. But do you think that as, you know, the early season kind of, you know, goes away and we start getting into the middle part of the season, do you think that it's just the Ducks need – because they're, they're a relatively young team, are they not? They're an extremely young team. I mean, they yeah. have a lot of their so guys you, that are under 24. Right. So do you just think that as the season goes on – they're going to start gelling as a team and start to figure it out. And you might get, uh, you know, wins here and there and maybe not wins, but, you know, competitiveness. Is that, is that what you're kind of looking for for this season anyway? I mean, I've said it since the start of the season and I got quoted on this, that it would be ideal if the Ducks get a top three pick after this season, because okay. <laughs> they're not, they're not going to beat the Colorado abs in a series, nor can they beat Vegas or St. Louis. They just don't have the, the talent there or they're all right. very very young you know, I mean you have the kid line here with Sam Steele Max Comtois Troy Terry who are very fast and in fact that line has been probably the best line the Ducks have had this season along with the Carter Rowney Nick Delorier Derek Grant line the top two lines they haven't scored a goal at all mm. this season that's wow. very troubling for the Ducks when Silverberg is struggling when Henrique is struggling when Raquel and Getzloff they're all struggling. And I don't wow. think Dallas Eakins has quite figured out what he wants the roster to look like. Even worse now that Josh Manson is out for six weeks due to an oblique. So it's a patchwork wow. defense as well. Yeah. They did pick up Ben Hutton, but it's still going to be a long time. Yeah. And, and but like you said, you know, the, and everybody when they talk about this division for this year talks about Colorado, St. Louis and Vegas. And then, you know, might be a crapshoot for that fourth spot. And yeah, I mean, will Anaheim struggle against those three teams? Probably. But because the rest of the division uh, is not as strong as those top three teams, could there be some some wins in there somewhere and, and, and some uh, hope when you're playing teams, you know, like uh, the Kings and Arizona and stuff? You know what I mean? Like not the upper echelon of teams, teams that are kind of rebuilding themselves. The only chance the Ducks have is beating those lesser teams multiple times and having John Gibson stand on his head multiple times. That's probably the only reason the Ducks are a little bit competitive 
is because yeah. they have John Gibson, who is right now in his prime. I mean, he shut out Minnesota the other night with a plethora of great saves, and that's all it is. Yeah. I mean, the defense, or lack thereof, makes John Gibson a highlight person because he has to make those kind of saves. That's just right. the unfortunate truth for the Ducks. I mean, right now, mm-hmm. their top three defensemen are Hampus Lindholm, Cam Fowler, and Kevin Shattenkirk, who had a miserable game against Minnesota the other night, where he had a trifecta of penalties, one of which mm-hmm. resulted directly in a power play goal because the Ducks. <laughs> because the Ducks. Their power play is awful. Their penalty kills worse. Uh, their 5-on-5 well, uh, play is the only reason they're okay. So, I mean, who who would uh, you say top three pick? I mean, that that would be you, – you would think that would be in the cards for them. And I know it's a, a lottery system. Who, who I'm trying to think of who – I mean, do you think by the end of the year that they will have the worst record in the league? Or or no? Do you think somebody is, is I think, I think worse somebody's off than worse off than them. Maybe the Red Wings are worse off yeah. than them. Okay. Uh, right. we're, well, up, we're up against it. So yeah. I have an idea. Let's both talk about the – exclusive online sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. And you happen to know what it is, right? I absolutely do, yeah. Yeah, it is betonline.ag. And looking yeah. at the lines for this, I mean, the Colorado Avs are obvious favorites on this game. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> do you want to take a guess at what the line is for this? <laughs> I haven't looked at it. Oh, boy, no. I don't even, I don't even want to take a shot at it, <laughs> to well, be honest with you. I'll, I'll just say this. Earlier this season, the Ducks yeah. were a, t- a 210 this time, yeah. it is a plus 193. It's a minus 215 money line for the Avs. Wow. By the way, the over okay. under is five and a half goals, which I think will go over that because huh. Colorado will score six, you, I think. You think they'll score six on their own? <laughs> oh, the, I'll tell you this, though. Uh, go ahead. The go ahead. bigger underdog is tonight is the Colorado Avs Kings. The Kings were a plus 210. The Avs were a minus 235. And then the next day seeing, like, would I have lost money? And more often than not, the answer is yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> betonline.ag is your trusted online better for every sport, including hockey. They have every NHL game. They also have games from Sweden, Slovakia, Finland, Austria. So any kind of line you could think of, BetOnline has it. Yeah. And futures, if you want to bet your uh, your heart trophy candidates. Hopefully, maybe a Nathan McKinnon might sneak in there this year. I think we I've talked about it on my show. He might be like the sympathy vote this year because he hasn't got it in the past and everybody kind of wants to say like oh, we probably should give him one before he gets uh you know too old and I say that as I mean he's a 25-year-old. Uh but you can do that. You can go put some money down on uh, futures and Hart Trophy winners and Calder winners and Vesna Trophy winners and uh throw throw some scratch on yeah. some uh, long shots. He's never a, know. He's a plus 500 right now, so you bet 100 to get 500 okay. if McKinnon wins it. Okay. Not bad. Uh, Once again, betonline.ag and the promo code is locked on. And on your first deposit, that will get you a 50% welcome bonus. So once again, that is betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And we have more with Chris Maselli on the other side. Stay locked in.
Welcome back to the Locked On Ducks, Locked On Avalanche crossover. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, and you're locked in with J.D. and Chris from Locked On Avs. Howdy. What's up? All right, so uh, let's have some predictions just for the sake of having some predictions. Um, Okay. Who are you predicting and why is it the Avs? (laughs) (laughs) And what's the score going to be? Oh, man. Uh the the tough thing about this is so far every game has been different uh not only in in style of play for the avalanche and and outcome uh but lines and roster so i don't like it's tough to predict uh, a score because i don't know who's going to play like eric johnson came back he was uh covid positive so he missed the first couple games and then he returned in game one against L.A., only played like ten and a half minutes, uh, and which was expected to kind of just get his stamina back. Right. And then game two, he's not playing at all. And and Byram's playing, and, um, and Greg Pattern, who they just traded for, for Ian Cole, is playing. So um, it, it's I, – and I don't know why Eric Johnson is – he came back, played a little bit. And now is resting. Maybe it's just that's their plan for him to get him back into game shape. I have no idea. Um, and Andre Burkowski, who has started off fantastic, uh, he has been out the last couple of games. So it's just uh, who, uh, Pavel Francouz, their backup goalie, is not. He's he's day to day. So Grubauer is sitting against L.A. in game two against L.A. And they have a rookie in Hunter Miska playing so i i don't i don't yeah it's just wild right now it's just like your mind is going crazy with this roster because it's kind of like what they did last year they had injuries all over the place and it was like next man up slot who you can slot in and it worked um having said that yeah i mean even though you have guys that are kind of uh new to the ice uh you still have uh your your horses there you know, and McKinnon and the McKinnon, Rantanen, Landeskog line is still intact. Uh, Kadri is still doing Kadri things. Mm-hmm. You know, Brendan Saad seems like he's getting going a little bit. So the the questions about all these guys coming in uh, does not override the fact that your, you know, your meat and potatoes is still driving the ship here. Wow. And because of that, um, yeah, I, I think – Man, you know, I, I, I take how, back what how, I said. How do, how do I say this and not be rude about like? But what were you going to say? Go ahead. <laughs> if, here's the only way that the Ducks could possibly steal a game against uh-huh. Colorado. It's a back-to-back situation. If yeah. Hunter Miska has to start against Anaheim, maybe the Ducks have a chance to score more well, than two goals. Yeah, like they, they, I think they have a chance in Game because One. I've I've covered minor league hockey for a number of years, and I saw Hunter Miska get lit up by the San Diego goals multiple times Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as a member okay. of the Roadrunners and the Eagles both. Yeah, there you go. So we'll see how he's yeah. doing. Uh, he's, you know, he's playing game two against the Kings. So by the time people are listening to this, you'll know the outcome of that. Yeah. Um, I would, I would guess, like you said, be, you know, they're playing. <sighs> Grubauer's not hurt. So I think Grubauer will definitely play maybe both of those games because there's day off in between, is there not? Uh, let's see. So 
Thursday's the Kings. Friday is the Ducks. So there's a back-to-back for the Ducks. Then there is a day off. They play on Sunday. So okay. three games and four nights for Colorado. Yeah. So, um, you know, you'll get Grubauer maybe, you know, because uh, maybe Grubauer plays both. You know, Ooh. he hits that day off in between. Uh, if that's the case, I mean, he's been doing well. He's been yeah. playing well. And that that was the one kind of question mark for the Avalanche and uh, going in is, you know, the goaltending and him specifically because he is their their ace. So uh, he needed to to stay out of the injury report. He's done so far. Uh, if if he case. plays both games, yeah, if he plays both games, it might be tough. But if you get Miska for, for one of those games, I think that's your shot. Yeah, maybe. Well, yeah. The, Ducks recently maybe did, yeah. the Ducks recently did this on the last game. Even though Gibson got a shutout against Minnesota, yeah. they rested him and put him off the roster. So you had you had Miller start, and then you had the grittyless mask of Anthony Stolarz as backup. <laughs> okay, uh, still my yeah. favorite story that I've ever heard. By the way, <laughs> the grittyless mask. What is that one? Oh, uh, so Stolarz was the guy that had the gritty mask for the Philadelphia Flyers. And he decided to sell it to one of his buddies. It, it's a really fun Ooh, story. Really? Yeah, one okay. of my one of my favorite times talking to him about that. It, it's great. <laughs> yeah. I, I love Stoli. He's he's fantastic. It's great. Um, before we wrap it up, do you have a? I mean, let's have fun. What do you predict the scores yeah. of both games to be? Uh, okay, so all right. Um, I, I think uh, because Miska is playing. W- played you know game two against la i think that was just to give grubauer uh, a break and i think you're going to get grubauer both games is my my prediction so uh i will say game one will be tight because that'll be the abs first back-to-back this season i'm gonna say that's a kind of a low scoring affair i think i think the abs win that one i'll say two to one. Ooh, i have a similar prediction Okay, and then game two, I think having that day off, uh, I think the Az maybe you know are a little bit more rested. Um, I say they win that one. I think they maybe go off a little bit in that one. We'll say five to two in that one. So my first game, I have three to two as the final score for that first game instead of two to one. Uh, mm-hmm. The Ducks might find their scoring a little bit, and it might be those bottom lines again because that kid line has been good. Steel, Comtois, Terry could score both of those goals okay as far as sunday with a day off colorado's just going to come out and pummel the ducks so i actually have this <laughs> six to one oh my God. as a final on sunday <laughs> there's not many times you can make that prediction uh that, that's it that's okay we'll see that i'm gonna write that down i, I wrote, i've written one. both down <laughs> <laughs> all right um could happen i mean it could happen i i think and the thing you said the uh the ducks was their third line or fourth line might get get a couple goals is that what you said kid line yeah steel okay um and you know i i hate to bring this up at at now but uh you know outside of the nathan mckinnon uh miko ranton and landscott line which only has played one game together because they (laughs) broke them up in the first game um I would say the best line so far for the Avalanche has been their fourth line. It is. It has been, man, like hustle, like nobody's business. They. It, it's right now that is a fun line to watch between 
uh, Matt Calvert, who gives you 110% every single shift, uh, Jonas Donskoy, and Tyson Jost. And Tyson Jost has been okay. the whipping boy for Avalanche fans for a long time. He's playing good. You mentioned Tyson Jost. I actually have this written down. Jost is going to get two yeah. goals in this series. Either two <laughs> in one game or one in one. Okay. <laughs> which will be, unless he scored uh, in game two against LA, which we don't know yet, uh, which will be his first two goals of the season. I, so, I and, and, I, and I say like, He's playing well and he hasn't scored yet, but you know, you it, it it's going to happen soon. So it wouldn't surprise me the way that he's playing. The only thing he hasn't done yet is really uh, is scored a goal. That's what so I feel it, like. It could be on the horizon. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I see a, a highlight reel, you expect him to score at least one or two goals by now. He hasn't done that. No, hasn't. But he's playing well. He's playing well, and and he needs to because he's on a one year contract. Is a one year show me contract. Uh, so far, he's done it. He's yep. he's on the. Top unit of their uh, their uh, penalty kill, so uh, they trust him with that. And uh, he even moved up in, in the last game. He was playing on that fourth line. They moved him up to the second line a couple times because they just needed help up there. And and they moved him up, and they had confidence in him. So yeah, it's early, but um, Tyson Jost is uh, starting to starting to show something. Yeah. It's nice. Or the yep. or the Abs could throw a real curveball and put Kiefer Sherwood in there. No. <laughs> Hey, for, uh, former duck. Uh, yeah, he is. Yeah, um, that would be the curveball yeah, of curveballs. I mean, like I'm saying, like the, the 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 way that the lines have been and this taxi squad thing, guys are moving up all the time. Yep. So who who the heck knows? Anything's possible. Just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, sure. All right. Uh, thanks yeah. so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Absolutely, and man. Where can, fine, where can the fine folks find your podcast? Uh. You can find well on Twitter. I'm at l o p n underscore avalanche on Instagram. Uh, just search Locked On Avalanche, and then wherever wherever you follow Locked On Ducks, uh, I, I am where whatever your podcast app of choice is. Uh, you can find Locked On Avalanche, and I host the Locked On NHL, the national show with Adam Denker from Locked On Lightning, for every Thursday. And for Thursday shows is a complete mailbag show. So. Um, follow the Locked On NHL Twitter page and you'll see graphics go up uh, for when we're taking questions. So um, league-wide, so whatever your team is or your player is or any rumors that you're hearing and you want us to mention it, put it in the uh, the Twitter comments. For sure. Yeah. All right, uh, Chris, thanks for coming on. Anytime, man. Appreciate it. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land. If you want to try Built Bar for yourself, head on over to BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code Locked On to get 20% off your next order of Built Bar. They have 18 fantastic flavors, including salted caramel, double chocolate, raspberry, cherry barcia, and my personal favorite, cookies and cream. These nut-free protein bars are delicious, made with 100% real chocolate, and they are only 130 calories with only 4 grams of sugar and packed with 17 grams of protein. If you're like me, you're a mountain climber, you're a mountain hiker, you need that extra little push. So go over to buildbar.com right now, enter promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. 
Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land that tastes like a candy bar. All right, so we had just talked with Chris Maselli from Locked on Avalanche, previewing this weekend's games between the Avs and the Ducks. We have one more segment, and I talked about this, and this is the time. It is mailbag time, and I've got three questions, and one of them has to do with some recent Ducks news. So we're going to get to that one first. This is from John W., and thank you for the email. And he writes in, with the recent injuries, is it time to bring up Jamie Drysdale this season? All right, so the Ducks are going through some injury woes, as you may or may not know. Josh Manson is going to be out for the next six weeks due to an oblique injury. So what does that mean for the Ducks? That means they're going to bring in Walensky. I mean, I don't know. The Ducks really only have three defensemen now that Manson is out. You have Fowler. You have Shattenkirk. Those are your top two guys. And you have Hampus Lindholm. That's it. Those three guys are your main defensemen. Then you have Jacob Larson, who has done okay. You have Walensky, who's okay. You have Hockenpah, who has improved. But you cannot rely on those same six guys. So maybe it is time to bring up Jimmy Drysdale later in the season. I think he has a decent chance of coming up this season because other first-round picks are already playing in the NHL this season. I'm looking at you, Alexi Lafreniere, among others, Tim Stutzla, etc. Yeah, I think Drysdale should get some playing time maybe in a maybe in two to three weeks. I mean, if the Ducks are that thin on defense, why not give him a shot? So thanks for that email. Uh, this next one comes from Jason Burke. And this is a Twitter question. And he just asked a very simple question. Solani or Korea? I mean, okay, this is tough for me because I love both these players. Tamu Solani is an all-time NHL player. Paul Korea was my favorite player growing up. I mean, who didn't want to be Paul Korea playing street hockey? Whenever you play street hockey, you put on your jersey... And then you pretended that you were someone else. Like, every every kid did this. You know, I, this kid wants to be Mario Lemieux. This kid wants to be Wayne Gretzky. I wanted to be Wayne Gretzky. But I also wanted to be Paul Correa because he was that freaking awesome. And he was one of the iconic young players in the Mighty Ducks. So, from a personal standpoint, as far as childhood, I would say Paul Correa. But overall, I think... Tamu Solani had the better career. And hey, I've got an autographed book from him for what it's worth. Yeah, Tamu Solani. He has the steakhouse. He has the better stats. So now that I've matured and become older, I'm going to say Tamu Solani, but not by much. Because they're both fantastic players. You cannot go wrong with either one. So Tamu gets the advantage. Thanks, Jason, for that. And this last question comes from south of the border. This is from Luis Olenek from Guanajuato, Mexico. And he writes in, Why do a seeming majority of NHL players shoot left-handed despite many assumedly being right-handed people otherwise? Is there a difference in mechanics between a hockey shot as compared to a baseball or golf swing, for example, that lends itself more to inverse dexterity? Is there a competitive advantage in the game of hockey, like there is in baseball, that might cause an otherwise right-handed person to learn to shoot left? Oh, that is a fantastic question. It would take 
it would take an hour for me to answer this question. So I have played baseball. I'm actually a, I'm one of the weird ones. I'm a switch hitter in baseball. I am a natural righty. But as far as baseball goes, I've developed into being a switch hitter. I was at first a right-handed batter. Then I became a switch hitter. And I think the reason for that is because we started to see more and more pitchers. You know, we saw maybe half and half righties and lefty pitchers. So one coach said it would be an advantage if you learn to switch hit because I was, I'd already been a pretty good righty batter for average. I never quite had that power bat. I've hit maybe a couple home runs in my life. Not many. So then when I made the switch to left-handed, I noticed that I had a bit more control with my bat. As far as hockey goes, there is kind of that inverse training. And this goes back to just, you know, learning to play hockey. Because, you know, going to the first rink, I didn't have a curved stick. I had one of those straight sticks. And I was told if I was right-handed, get a left-handed stick. And this was a kind of weird but cool reason. And this is the reason he gave. That is, the top hand controls your stick, and if you have a left-handed stick, then the top hand is your strong right hand. And that seemed to work fine, because that top hand is usually for control. The bottom hand is usually the one that generates the most power. And when I actually do have both-handed hockey sticks in my closet right now, I have both. I have both a righty stick and a lefty stick. I have a straight stick. I mean, I have majority right-handed sticks, but I can shoot left-handed as well. And part of that has to do with that dexterity. And, you know, my natural left hand is weaker, so that would be more for the control. My right arm is the stronger arm that is more useful for power. So when I want a more powerful shot, I try to go righty. But if I want a more accurate shot with some power, I will go lefty. Maybe depending how I feel that day, because I typically play with a straight stick. I typically don't play with the curved stick all that often. Yes, I'm one of the weird ones. Again, this goes back to the whole baseball thing because, you know, more control left-handed, more power right-handed. So I don't know if that quite answered your question. Um, The majority of NHL players are left-handed because that's what they're mostly taught in Europe, in Russia. In Europe and Russia, more players grow up to be left-handed if you can believe that. Uh, North Americans, it's about half and half, maybe half righty, half lefty. But as far as Europeans go, they tend to be left. And I wish I had a good reason for this. I really do. And I've definitely noticed this to be true among defensemen. Uh, Defensemen tend to be more left-handed shots than centers, than forwards. And I think the reason for that is because you tend to get uh, more power from that left-handed shot side. So kind of like what I said. If you're a, a righty with the lefty stick, your more powerful hand will be on the top. So you'd have both the power and the control from that left-handed shot. And yes, it can get annoying to track for a goalie perspective. So maybe that's part of a reason too. Maybe it's you know to make tracking the puck more difficult. That's one part of it. I don't know if there's a competitive advantage aside from the one I just gave. But, you know, there is that inverse inverse dexterity that does come into play. So, Lewis, thank you for that question. 
Uh, folks, if you're listening and you want to chime in more on that particular question, uh, please feel free to drop me a line at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. Um, that took up a lot more time than I thought because there's so much to that question. And that's something that I do kind of want to come back to at some point. Maybe I'll ask other people and their opinion on a left-handed shot. So maybe I'll do that over the weekend and come back with a better answer on Monday. So thanks once again to John, to Jason, and especially to Lewis, listening from Guanajuato, Mexico. Thank you so much for that. And with that, the mailbag is closed for now. But I want to thank you all for your questions. I want to thank you for listening. If you liked the podcast, please subscribe. And also leave a five-star rating if you have not already. And this podcast and many other podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow my personal Twitter at StimpyJD. And don't forget to follow Locked On NHL. That podcast is going very strong. And don't forget to check out Locked On Bets hosted by your boy Q. And once again, uh, personal Twitter is at StimpyJD. Email at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. All right. Thanks once again to Chris Maselli for joining me on the first two segments of this crossover. That is greatly appreciated. And don't forget, we have two games this weekend against the Colorado Avalanche. Game on Friday night. Then a game on Sunday late afternoon evening. Both those games should be on Fox Sports. What's the prime ticket? I'm sorry. Both those games will be on prime ticket. Check your local listings. And with that, I would like to wish all of you a fantastic weekend. And please stay safe from all the storms. It's going to be cold. It's going to be blustery. So just stay safe out there. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez wishing you all a fantastic weekend. Be safe out there. Wear a mask. Be kind to one another. And Ducks, fly together. <laughs>